0: Friends, neighbors, countrymen, enemies, and nemesis. This week, if you're OCD like me, you may realize that in certain cases, one topic doesn't really flow into the next topic quite as well as it usually does. There are a couple of reasons for this. The first is that the original tape was so long that I had to do some cuts, and I apologize for this. I usually do some editing, but there was a little more than usual this week. The second thing is during the actual taping itself the room started smelling really smoky and I thought that maybe my equipment was on fire first but no it it, it didn't seem to be the case then I thought maybe city council had banded together and they were gonna light a in my kitchen and they burned down my house and that turned out not to be the case. It turned out to be a pot full of silicon baby bottle nipples that had been left out on the stove for too long boiling and the water had completely evaporated leaving these nipples to melt and toxic fumes to come flying out of them into the upstairs bedroom. So this week I'm happy to have from the podcast Poorly Summarized, uh, Michael Smith on the line, and uh, he's all the way from Utah.
1: Salt Lake City, my friend. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, no problem. Listen, I've been listening to your show now for probably two or three weeks. No, maybe more, maybe a month. It's a really great concept. I mean, you just go through uh, various uh, social media, I guess, memes and tropes and kind of make fun of those and it's so almost like a little game show you've got going on there, too. Nice segments.
1: We, we actually started the show with an emphasis on serious content, and it wasn't as sustainable <laughs> like being informed to have an hour show, like ultra-informed, you know what I mean, so, uh, on all these heavy issues. So now we've reduced it where we have one or two kind of meaty stories, and the rest tend to be focused more on, on the comedy of it, like segments like Stupid Shit My Friends Post or segments like Trumped Up where you have to spot the fake Trump story or Trump quote.
0: You want me to call you Michael or Mike?
1: I don't have a preference. Most people call me Mike. But my friends call me Colonel. Colonel? Um, little known fact. Uh, you know Colonel Sanders? You've know, yeah. you heard of Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. of course. Uh, colonel Sanders he, is everywhere.
1: You know, he wasn't in the military. He was a, a Colonel, uh, a Kentucky colonel. Um, this is like, you know how obviously England knights, knights people as an honorary title? Well, the great Commonwealth of Kentucky um, does the same thing, right? The, the, the governor signs a certificate inducting you into the honorary fraternity of Kentucky colonels if you've done some sort of service to the state.
0: He provided chicken?
1: Who knows what he did. I had a friend that worked for the governor's office, and as a joke, I asked him to contact the office and get me Inducted into the honorary fraternity of Kentucky Colonels, and had the governor sign me a certificate. And just so as a joke, people would call me Colonel.
0: You were born to a a proud Mormon stock, which is not Mm -hmm. unusual for Utah. I mean, Salt Lake City is—is it true? Like when you were a kid, do you wear the underwear? (laughs) <laughs> or is there special underwear when you grow
1: up? It's part of a, a series of ceremonies that uh, you go through that you only qualify for as an adult that involves going through those um, Mormon temples. There's, I don't know, 100, 200 of them throughout the world. And and it's um, an undershirt that just looks like a typical kind of undershirt, but it has markings on them yeah. that look like they're stitched in. And then uh, you have just long white boxer boxer like briefs and... Uh, you wear those that's just like your underwear for the rest of your life.
0: Is that underwear made in like Utah or, or is that made in like Bangladesh?
1: No, it's absolutely made in Utah uh, and you can only buy it. You can't just get it, right? You have to go to special distributors. Um, oh, okay. And I'll tell you the underwear thing is ultra ultra like secret sacred for Mormons. Secret sacred. Mormons would call it sacred, people that aren't Mormon would call it secret. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's a really touchy subject because even the most entrenched Mormons understand that it's weird. Because I embrace the fringe myself and my personality, I, I like it. I, I, I always enjoyed explaining these weird things about my religion. You know, I, I you know, full disclosure, I'm no longer uh, Mormon, but uh, I kind of miss the immediate weirdness that it gave me.
0: Yeah, did anything kind of interesting happen? Like
1: when you uh, was like- a missionary.
0: Yeah, when you were a missionary.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally. So I mean, a lot of lo- we'd have a lot of you know weird times where people are just mean to us. Uh, and but my favorite moment was so we're 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 in teaching this guy. out uh, of teachings, I don't know if that's the word, but we're he's he's an int- this intense guy. And we're in this intense debate. He's super evangelical. Mormons actively avoid arguing you know, with Christians. We're really trained to not. But he kind of sucked us in. And we're just getting into a fairly actually enjoyable yet intense debate about the Bible with this guy. And while we're doing it, this woman, this w- beautiful woman and very sexual looking woman walks into the, the, the house, the apartment, and asks to use the bathroom. And apparently he didn't even know her. Anyway, then she comes out and she's, she just comes and just starts taking off her clothes, like while we're teaching him. And what's funny is she was fairly, she got fairly far along in her um, process of stripping um, before we kind of figured, like, stopped everything because we were in such an intense debate. So we're debating this guy, and as a Mormon missionary, this was more interesting than a w- beautiful woman stripping. Right next to us. Like, it's funny, like, and, and then finally the guy was like, whoa, what's going on? You, you guys got to get out of here, right? Like, because I, finally I look over and the woman has her, um, she's on the couch and she just has her legs over her head. Oh, my God. I, and I remember I was like, oh, people pierced down there. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, so, like. I had, and I, let me mind you, I'd never seen, like, I had pretty much never seen pornography or anything at that point in my life. So it's like seeing a naked, any type of naked woman was very novel. But it was like, it wasn't like we were going to just like sit down and enjoy the show, you know. We just leave the apartment, I remember, and I'm still to this day friends with this guy I was a missionary with and he's he left Mormonism maybe a, a year or two after um, he got home. But we just looked at each other as soon as we stepped out and we just high-fived each other. <laughs> that's, that's what we did. <laughs> but, but anyway, we went back like the next, I don't know, later and he was like, apparently he didn't know the girl and he was just apologetic. He's like, this is like a prank. You know, somebody was like, Hey, the missionaries went into this, um, guy's building. And I think it was like kind of a sober living home. And so it was a little more open door kind of like, there's just a lot of people in and out. And, uh, um, she, so it was just a joke. She was pulling on us. And, uh, that's, uh, anyway, it was just a fun, it was a funny experience for us. And I like, I remember we, we 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 just were amused. You know, we weren't offended. We he was you know, neither my buddy was pretty was 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 fairly not good at being Mormon anyway. It,
0: that sounds like the sort of almost like an art student joke. I mean, like that's like <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person, you know, to say, Oh, I'm gonna go play a joke on this, uh, these Mormons by freaking them out by taking all my clothes off and yeah. go and spread eagle in a chair right there in front of them all. I mean
1: yeah, I mean, she was probably drunk. I mean, she didn't seem at yeah. know, in a full state of uh, you know soberness. But you just have a lot of novel experiences going door to door talking about religion, right? Which is like, I, there's one uh, Mormon uh, uh, comic, uh, Bent Washburn. He makes a joke like, there's you know, fr- there's obviously no worse icebreaker than religion. And he's like, you could just go around door to door asking people to look at your crotch rash, and you would have <laughs> more success than if you're going around talking about religion. I was a stand-up comic also for a couple of years, but Wow. Um right right after uh my mission, my Mormon mission. I, I did sta- I did stand up. I, I for a while I thought maybe that was gonna be a career I would try where, to pre-
0: where did you do that? LA?
1: Um I did it in Utah and I did I did it a little in LA, but I did it mostly in Utah and in Ohio. Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. So I would do, I'd perform a couple of days a week.
0: Um, I, I I could never I mean, I that's like a personal thing for me, but I like that takes like an enormous amount of Courage, I think, to get up there and just like do that. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to be more prepared.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, anybody can do it. I mean, it's yeah, you have to be willing to. Here's one thing: if you're going to do stand-up, you're pretty much guaranteed. There's no way around it. You are going to not be laughed at, or laughed. People aren't going to laugh at your jokes. Like at some point, especially the beginning, you're not going to be very good. You have to be willing to bomb. And you have to be willing to be good in bomb as well. It's like I, I see good comics bomb all the time. Um, so it's not emotionally, it's pretty difficult. Because like, let's say if you're a musician and you have a bad, it doesn't go too well. It's not ultra obvious. You can maybe sense the energy in the room. But when somebody isn't laughing on cue and it's silent, it's painful. There's so much buildup to perform. So like, you're thinking about performing like for a large chunk of the day and then you perform... And if it goes well, it's just like such a, you know, so cathartic and it's just such a release of just a, such a, you know, deep breath. But when you have all that buildup and then you bomb, and let's say you bomb the whole set, wow, like it's depressing and lonely. You start out doing open mic and if when you kind of get used to it in a way, but you, most people on an open mic night are, you know, don't do well. And so you see a lot of painful, 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 you know, sets, and uh, you you do get a little used to it. But yeah, and it's I don't know. I, I haven't performed I haven't done stand up in probably two years because I still do it would do it occasionally, um, even though I wasn't I oh I've I've totally given up on being a comic like as a thing. But sometimes it's just fun to perform. But I just it's too much work emotional and emotionally and writing jokes is such a. Laborious kind of creative project. I've got so many other creative projects. i you know, it's just I, I decided to to just drop it altogether. So I, I think I'm my day. I think I've my days of performance are are over. I'll just the podcast is a be, is a better outlet. I think for me. So in Ohio, I lived. I lived next to these apartments that were just you know regular apartments that were kind of low income when we moved in. But by the time we'd lived there for five years. The landlord had just pulled out, and there they were. Everybody was squatting. There was no, there was like, there was nobody to own the place.
0: Super ghetto.
1: Oh yeah, so no ghetto, and so there are drug dealers out, you know, right next to my house every day. And the the funny thing is, this didn't really bother me or frighten me because I think a good drug dealer knows not to fuck with the neighbors, right? He comes over and he's like, "Hey, do you want to buy a couch?" (laughs) And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like need a couch, but he's like. You know, it's brand new. I'll give it to you for 20 bucks. And I was like, 20 bucks for a brand new couch. And this was like, it was like a $300 couch, not a a super nice one. They sold them at big lots because I I saw it at the store like, you know, later that week, you know, for about 300. And uh, yeah, red red flag, I guess. But I was just like, you know, this guy was always trying to sell stuff. Um, And uh, because clearly, as we've learned, he just steals stuff and just sells it on the cheap. He goes over, we go over to the apartment. He's just like, okay, it's this couch, so let's just uh, take it to your house. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I really, I honestly didn't think it. Was, just thought it was his place or something. We take it to my my apartment. You know, walk it walk it across the street, and or not my it was my house. And um, I put it on my porch. And he's like, you know, we 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 really better bring it out, bring it inside. And I was like, oh no, we'll just keep it out here. I you know, I just uh, you know, I'm not in a hurry. And he's like, I'm just really worried. You know, if we keep it outside, it's going to get rained on. I'm oh, like, yeah. well, it's it's a covered porch. He's, I just feel better about it, <laughs> <laughs> and then so at
0: this he point, even tell you,
1: yeah. At this point, I realized that I just paid a guy twenty dollars for the privilege, and, and of you taking didn't me. ask,
0: you didn't ask for your your twenty dollars back. You'd already <laughs> moved it by this point, right?
1: Uh, at This point it's already there, and I'm like, I don't want to. It's like a weird scenario. Like, and this is what I'm totally Mormon at the time, and I'm like, you know, I guess it doesn't matter. I still, even Mormon or not, I believe in being honest, but like. I just didn't know what to do, right? I don't want to. I'm like, you don't want to piss off the drug dealers, like no joke. So it's like, I now just have this couch, and I realize what's going on, and I'm like, well, we're just keep, we will just, we'll just keep going, we'll just, we'll just follow this transaction to its conclusion. Um, so anyway, yeah. So for twenty bucks, I stole a couch for twenty bucks. I paid twenty dollars to steal a couch. <laughs> That's what I
0: did. So it's better than stealing it yourself. The I only mean. thing
1: that made me, my, yeah, right. I could have stolen it myself for free, but instead, I, <laughs> I, I paid twenty dollars. That's a finder's fee. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: So it sounds uh, to me like you're a really nice
1: guy. And yeah, maybe I, I try to, to be an asshole. asshole. My Facebook persona is an asshole, but yeah, in person, I'm so nice it makes you want to puke.
0: When I was actually living, well, actually, this is the house that I'm in now. It's 1942, and we have an attic. And uh, it was like minus like minus forty, which is minus forty. I mean, it's just that uh, Fahrenheit or, or Celsius. And um, we I mean, we just heard this rustling noise in the attic. So it was actually open to the outside and uh you okay. know uh we it, we had some renovations done so unfortunately this the squirrel managed to get in i went ahead and i bought like a a, a cage right to to like a, a humane trap because i at my work i was actually talking to this uh, uh co uh i guess a, associate who is down in uh, i think it's tennessee or alabama one of those places I'm just like, what should I do? And I was expecting him to say, "Whip out your gun and shoot that bastard." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's great, good idea." But no, he's like, "Oh, you should be humane and you know, get a cage and catch the squirrel." That's like, how
1: I roll, dude. I I, I uh, take spiders out. I can't kill. And I love squirrels, um, but yeah, I I, 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 I kill murder
0: things. I murder spiders with glee, and oh, God. Uh, I um.
1: You're trying to hurt my feelings right now. <laughs> I can't kill any, like like when there's ants, let's say occasionally ants get in the kitchen, they have to be killed, right? You can't just let them, there's no humane way to get rid of ants that I know of. And so I leave the house and my wife murders them all. (laughs) And when everything's done... I go back in because I can't handle I'm too sensitive. Wow. To handle it. This is yes, it's like a it's like a pathology. You're
0: you're like a Jane or something. Like that's a religion yes. thing. I mean, um, yeah, with me, I need to kill all the bugs. So my 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 wife, she sees so we have small centipedes, uh, tiny, tiny centipedes. I have to kill those, spiders, I kill those. It's an old house. There are bugs. Um, Ants, antegeton. I, I murder those as well.
1: So my daughter killed a spider uh, a, few, a couple months ago, and I had a very long, hard talk with her <laughs> about about see, how we don't see. kill about how we don't kill living things, and that being alive is very special.
0: I, I he, that's nice. I mean, <laughs> th- here's the thing. Okay, so when global warming goes out of control and all the insects are going to murder us they're all they're all at the door or in coming through the cracks and they're going to kill us all so i mean you guys i may
1: well i may revise my policy <laughs> if uh, if it if it comes to that
0: i brought this up on another show my uh, my my wife her family comes from barbados and so we 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 stay there at a house occasionally and uh, they have centipedes there so big you have to hack them yep. up with
1: hatchets uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that show when you talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's frightening. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, what I mean, what would you do about that? I mean,
1: I've lived I lived in an apartment that had centipedes that scared the shit out of me. They look like spiders almost and they're all over the place. I don't know what kind of centipedes they were, but no, I would just I would just How about cockroaches? I,
0: I can't uh, I I can't handle cockroaches. The ones that jump are the don't worst.
1: we don't get them here. So, you know, it's not, I I rarely see cockroaches in Utah, but, uh, no, they don't buy, no, no, no. Like to me, this is like insects are mostly beautiful to me. Um, and I usually, if I see one, I want to get a good look at it and, um, kind of figure out what it is. And, um, yeah, I, I, I project quite a bit of humanity onto them, um, incorrectly, but I, I just naturally emotionally do that. Um, so no, it's a weird thing, but I'm a total hypocrite. I've we've talked about this and poorly summarized as well. I mean, I, I like I still eat the shit out of meat, and that's deeply immoral because I mean these animals that I eat are like been like tortured their whole even life. Even eating bugs, uh, and then they kill them.
0: I mean, even yeah. eating bugs is probably better than than eating it. Oh yeah, no for sure. But a, a I think a the sandwich.
1: At least with with the thing I find about killing um, like spiders, I guess that may, might potentially be moral, a moral issue is like, I just think you can, you can easily humanely get rid of them. You don't have, they don't you know, need to be killed, but I, I, it's, I'm just so weird about this. I, 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 I sound preachy right now. I, that's not how I roll because I know that my behavior is almost pathological. So I, I, I try not to project that onto other people.
0: Yeah. I, I have the same problem where like I eat meat, but I feel kind of guilty about it, uh, afterwards.
1: Yeah, you know? <laughs> I don't know that I feel guilty. I just think objectively that it, what I do is deeply immoral. I feel like maybe I could rob a bank and that would be less immoral than than eating meat.
0: I think we have a few things in common. Um, when I was listening to poorly summarized, I, I noticed that um, maybe it was maybe you had um, maybe not so much of a moneyed upbringing. Just like me, because, mm-hmm.
1: um, I mean... My dad was a janitor, a high school janitor until he retired.
0: Wow, really? Okay, yeah. so, yeah, so there's that. My dad just seemed to be re- not very good with money, but, um, basically... My dad
1: did rob banks as well, for the record.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Well, the previous guest I had, his, his mom actually, his, both of his parents were, were actually convicted felons. Uh, like, so, um, but, uh, yeah, he robbed banks. Oh,
1: I mean, he did, he, and he got caught and sent to jail, and then he escaped. But so, anyway, yeah, yeah. but th-
0: that doesn't always work out, though, because I mean, when you escape from jail, don't they usually
1: find you and put you? Yeah, he back? was in, yeah, he was in another country. Oh, he did in Korea during the war. Okay, well, oh, oh, oh so, yeah, no, no big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was back in the fifties. They didn't <laughs> yeah. have photography or anything back yeah. then, so it's fine.
1: But I cut you off. You were saying something about your your upbringing as well. You're saying it was, yeah, uh, it awful.
0: wasn't exactly moneyed. I had a bingo job, so I had a job at a bingo parlor where – and this was the worst. I I, I thought I would get lung cancer and die. Like I was in a room full of the most unpleasant and angry old women I've ever met – And they're all chain smoking and they're all buying, they're all saying, I'll take a red and a blue and a number three and a number five. And I'm supposed to know what like combo of bingo card this all is. You know, they'd all call me sweetheart or or sunshine or something while they were doing it. And it's like, go get me a card, you know, in that kind of voice. Sunshine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that was pretty brutal.
1: I'm flattered anytime anybody calls me sunshine. I wish you'd call me that. More often, there we you go. Know what's, listen, sweetheart. That's I'm. I'm just going to call you either sunshine or sweetheart for the rest of the show. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, li- likewise. Um, I've just had. That, that's the thing. If if you kind of grow up poor and you want to like succeed and you want to like kind of travel, go to other places away from your family for school, etc., you've got to be able to hustle to make money to pay the bills, right? That's that's just how it goes because you you just don't have any. Um, you know, there's no net safety net (laughs) so um i found that if you're literally willing to do anything you can kind of get a job at any point (laughs) right that just so uh, like uh, my first job when i moved to ohio i had this job like the day after i moved there um and there's this uh disabled woman and also like when you talk about those bingo ladies she was very angry i think she was she was also slightly mentally disabled um um but she was just emotionally unstable, and she couldn't move any of her body. She had some kind of uh, – some condition. I don't know what it was called, but it was some kind of – some some type of arthritis where every all of her joints had frozen up. And then on top of that, she had psoriasis over her entire body. And so what my job essentially was uh, – or was to go to – the. she had a weekly bath, and it took about four hours, like uh, four okay. to five hours. And <laughs> – I would deflake her, so uh <laughs> and we called it that deflaking her. we couldn't use gloves. that was a rule, and believe it or not, you do get used to it, but essentially she'd be in the tub and I would just just rub her skin it it and might tell, and as it, and as her skin kind of rolls off you know her body like
0: that that sounds disgusting, but it might actually after a while it must it might actually get strangely satisfying.
1: Not as, I I know where you're going with that because you could think it'd be satisfying the same way it's maybe satisfying to like get dead skin off of your own body. Yeah. But it never did get satisfying. (laughs) Uh, The grossness did go away, except she really liked how um, I was strong enough to really get it out of her scalp. And so I would have to dig my... Fingers, like Ugh. claw. I would claw her scalp for like 45 minutes.
0: Another uh good one, I guess, that I've had is um I was called in one day and they asked me, it was a city job, and they asked me, have you ever done jackhammering? I'm like, no. And they're like, eh, it's not so hard. Why, why don't you come on over? So <laughs> I go there.
1: What could go wrong? Yeah. Sounds and, safe.
0: And they make me sign this document. And oh, then sure? I... I they're like, okay, put these waders on. So I, I've got... I'm like, what? And they put these waders on me, and they give me this jackhammer, and it's just the three of us. There's, like, one guy who presumably knows what he's doing, and then there's two students, me and some other guy. And we're standing with waders, and the water's up to our um, waists, and it's uh, it's about... Uh, I mean, it's... God, it's got to be, like, at least 90 degrees, Okay.
1: But you're we're in the under cool a
0: bridge. Water. No this this water was pretty warm. You know, you try to do your thing. I couldn't even believe that I was doing this, right? I, I was I was jackhammering under the water, and we were trying to remove rebar from the bottom of this bridge, the the, the okay. floor underneath the water. So I guess underneath the water, underneath the bridge. So we would reach the rebar, and and the the hammer would either pound on the rebar, or the hammer would sometimes go under the rebar. And that would send us flying out forward into the water, and <laughs> that's how you found it. So yeah, right, and and so the I mean the jackhammer would go flying off somewhere, you know, like still Sounds going safe. for a couple of seconds, okay. and I would go flying in another direction, and uh, of course the water would go into my waders. It was warm water, like st- kind of stagnant warm water. So after all this was done. I can I mean, imagine if
1: you're jackhammering in the water, you're in some pretty murky, gross water as and well. You
0: can't see anything anyway. It's yeah. all it's all kind of muddy. So yeah. after this horrible job, and the guy's like, well, are you going to come back tomorrow? I'm like, no, nah, I, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I'm, no, thanks. Uh, I get home, and I've got, like, at least five or six leeches attached to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, gross. on top of everything else, right? I, and I just jobs like this, I mean... Uh, I've had many like this. So, Mike, tell me a bit about your uh, your job. So, you're an architect, and you also like draw these little um, pictures, diagrams. I guess that. I mean, of course, you're an architect, but mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're not yeah, just course. drawing like so, floor plans.
1: No, no. So, well, I, as my job, I you know I, I do just. You know conventional buildings, and you know I just finished a high school. Um, that, that was a good good project, and uh, you know I, I do that, but also on the side I, I do my artwork for for fun to kind of stay sane and have a. Um, you know, working in the profession of architecture isn't a, a great creative route outlet. There is some creativity, of course, but it's not um, uh, it's not creatively heavy. By and large, and so I do art as, as well. I do. I, I, would, I would say I do these uh, maniacally detailed ink drawings. This one project, I'm like four or five hundred hours into. Um, that's six feet by three feet. I've essentially taken a cu- I cut a building. It's called a section cut, and I'm kind of cartooning what's happening inside with as much detail as possible. It's just uh, kind of a voyeuristic drawing of what's happening in this kind of uh, this. This architectural world—that's—it's uh, a kind of a fantastic uh, building. A fantastic meaning, you know, uh, not real fantasy, but uh, anyway. So yeah, I'm—I—I uh, I, I just chip away at it little by little. It's been exhibited before because it's kind of—I don't know when it'd be done. It could be done now, or I just keep drawing. So, <laughs> so
0: sorry, is this like one big drawing, or is it just many drawings?
1: No, it's one big drawing. I do other drawings as well, but this is the one I've been working on for years. I oh. just keep doing. It. I just keep going.
0: So Mike, thanks for being on the show. Can you let us know your Twitter and maybe the Twitter for a Poorly Summarized podcast as well and the site?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm actually very uh, active on Twitter and I appreciate people reaching out. Uh, I, love, I love to respond uh, to tweets. But um, I'm, I am personally at probably for sale um, and then Poorly Summarized is at poor summary.
0: Thanks so much for being on the show, Mike.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, that was the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. You can listen to previous interviews all you like over at shareaslicepodcast.com. So next week, I'm happy to have Jeff Mack.
1: Hi, this is Jeff Mack from the Super Peepy Time podcast. And if you like listening to my voice like you're doing right now, you really need to listen to this podcast, Share a Slice, next week because I will be using my voice on it to make words to tell sentences to you. You really ought to check this podcast out.
0: I know it sounds ridiculous. You're, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. So you would go to SoundCloud and you could just do a search for super PP time. And believe me, they're the only ones that show up. Remember that you can go to iTunes and you can leave us a rating. Uh, five stars would be perfect. Um, four stars is great. Three stars, you know what, give me as many stars as you think i deserve i mean whatever it really helps the show out and if you could leave a review that would be fantastic if i had a way to give you a million dollars i would but i I don't have a million dollars and i don't know who you are likewise remember that all the music on this episode is done by chromatics music you can check them out at soundcloud.com and it's used with permission Thanks so much for listening, guys. Hope you come back next week. And uh, what I did with it is, uh, okay, hold on just a sec, okay? There's like something making a very, very not good smell. So just a sec.
1: (laughs) Don't edit that out.
0: Well, I'm not able to localize what it is, but I think if anything bursts into flames, you'll know that you'll know because I'm going to jump up at some point.